welcome to the beginning of the podcast, which should be really exciting because we haven't recorded a podcast in two weeks. So we have a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. It's going to be a robust two hours. And I mean robust. Not like I mean heavily robust two hours. Heavily Chad, robust. What, do you, what do you got? What the hell's uh, happened to you? I don't remember what happened in the last two weeks. No, that's not productive. Mike, but what I can do? It was very uneventful two weeks. I'm moving I... on from you, Chad. You see how fast that happened? Boom. Later. <laughs> Bye. Been good. I don't remember. Fine. We accept that. We move forward. <laughs> to Mike, who's accomplished nothing in two weeks. I've just been looking at uh, the Paver King stories coming in of him sitting at a beach for the past week and hope, wishing I was there. Looking at your problems that you had. I wasn't sitting at a beach. Oh. I was working. Working. Someone had to Did stop. Did you rectify the, the problems on the job site? Uh, absolutely. Before I left the resort, it was completely rectified. There's mm. no more problems. I No more problems. No, I did not rectify any of the problems. No <laughs> problems were rectified at all. But that is a problem. That wall washing out, definitely a fucking problem. Why do you think the wall's there? Uh, I'm going to guess that normally the waves hit it, maybe. I don't. Maybe they needed an, think... eleva- an elevation change from the. Because the pool is kind of right behind there. I don't know. So whenever I was in Dominican. I noticed that the walls often stop the sand from blowing across the walkways. And in mm. places that they didn't have the walls, they were constantly shoveling the sand back onto the beach. Perpetually that... shoveling the sand back <laughs> onto the beach from well, the walkway. I would say in the Dominican, there's a, the opposite problem of here, where we often clamor on and everyone talks about the labor shortage here. I would say there, there's the opposite problem. There's a vast amount of people willing to do the labor. Um, I think it's maybe the opposite problem. There's more labor than there is work there. Hmm. Hmm. Did you inquire about taking anyone back? No, no, I did not. I, uh, I kept my head down and caused no trouble. How was it though? How was the vacation? It was good. It was a beautiful wedding. Was it? Yeah, it was a beautiful wedding. It was uh, a good vacation. I We don't normally go to resorts that were that big. It was a huge resort, so that was a new experience because we don't usually we usually go to very small places, hmm. a little bit more intimate. So it was a, a different uh, experience, but the staff was very nice and the food was good. And I don't didn't drink any alcohol, but the people who did seemed to enjoy it. Did you meet any fans? No, no fans. <laughs> Even when I was shooting on the beach, no one noticed me. Oh man. No one cared about me at all for a whole week. It was pretty low. Even pressure. back home. Oh, well, no one cares or, about me here ever. So did yeah. they miss did the workers miss you back here? I don't think they did. Uh-huh. They all did a great job. Oh, no? They held down really? the fort. They did a great job. They didn't call does that me. make you does it make you feel better or worse about yourself knowing that they got on just fine without you? Uh, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that till now. <laughs> fair, fair question, though. Like I, it, so the whole experience of us being away and them uh, working, I found it. It made me happy that they all, they all seemed to have a successful week, and they all problem solved, and yeah, no one seemed to have any major issues. So I think that that was a good. You know, maybe some of the systems we're laying down and building here are panning out for us. You know, does does it make you think that maybe you could do it again in the future? Uh yeah, I think we could go away again. I mean, you know, yeah. I think we could definitely uh, go away again. I felt like it was a, I felt like the whole thing went pretty well. I think it was. Uh, I was really happy for the couple that got married. They seemed to have a great trip and really enjoy themselves, which was the most important thing. Weather was good. Uh, it was rainy the first two days, but then it cleared up for the wedding on Tuesday, and it was beautiful after that. Nice. So that was great. Yes, that was great. Oh. What did you guys do? We slaved away in the cold. Nice. We finished the rest of our sod. Actually, today was the last day for sod for us. Um, 
we've got half a pallet left because I made sure to order extra. And uh, we're going to find a space to put it down tomorrow, I think. Um, we can breathe a little easier at work, knowing that all the tough stuff is done. Now I'm just on the inspector's ass to get everything measured up before it gets covered in snow. And yes. uh, we have to dispute quantities all winter. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, because of the snow. Yeah. Yeah. We won't be able to tell how much sod is down. And um, So did you all. measure it? I Oh, yeah. I measured it. But then oh. my measurements mean nothing because the inspectors have to measure it. And they're going to use their quantities, right? So my quantities are purely for me to order sod. So how often, what's the average difference between your quantities and theirs? I'd say 5% usually. Like 5% lower or 5% higher? Oh, I'm 5% higher. Always. Ah, one time I was low. And the others, the inspectors were high, but... I mean, why do you what, what do you think causes the variance? Them just trying to fuck you, or them being incompetent? So, I measure by how much sod we put down. Like, I'll take a, a rough measurement, order the sod. Say we put down eighteen pallets. I'll say, okay, we put down eighteen pallets at seven hundred square feet of pallet. Do the math, and then that's what I'll say our totals are. Right? What do you allow for waste? Five percent. This we looks don't waste. like exactly their number. <laughs> no, we don't waste. We use every little scrap there is. Like we don't so leave. There's a potential variance between what you potentially might throw away, maybe when you're piecing the. We used to call it piecing. Yeah, when you're doing the piecing. We um, we don't have any waste. Like I'm talking zero waste, other than full rolls. Like we use everything, and the inspectors so go, "Well, shouldn't this be bigger pieces?" And I say, "No, because you don't pay us for any extra." You literally get what you bill. We're allowed to bill for what we put down. So I'm putting down every single scrap until you put in a contingency for 10% waste or whatever. You're going to get every single little scrap that you're paying for. So you're saying they get what they deserve. Absolutely. Have you ever looked at them and said, it looks, I don't big pieces, small pieces. It all looks the same from my house. Fucker. Oh yeah. <laughs> I get on real well with the inspectors here. <laughs> No, they're, they're, it all looks they're, great. It all looks great from my house. No, Big pieces, small pieces, mother. I don't give a fuck. No, my excuse is come back next year and tell me what where the pieces are, and then we'll talk about it Ooh. when warranty is up. Has anyone ever yeah. called you back and said there's never those pieces, not you once? No, not once. But we also water the sod heavily, and that helps the little pieces take off. Right, like if you don't water those little pieces in the summer. They're they're pooched. Do you so do you always have to meet the inspector? Uh, they're mm -hmm. around. Like, do I have to go and formally meet them for measuring time? Yeah. Or whenever no. a job's wrapped up, do you always make a point to go meet them? No, because they're always mm -hmm. around during the job. They want to shoot the shit for two hours in their truck because they're bored. Because uh... they're bored. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's their job is to walk around and shoot the shit with. The higher ups at the civil companies and the subs, and that's that's it. Interesting, mind you. Well, we had a big. Go ahead. They're supposed to be maintaining a level of quality. Yeah, and uh, to to a degree they are, and they're a good mediator and between making sure you follow their rules. Yeah, yeah, they're a great mediator between us and the homeowners. Sometimes when the homeowners are ridiculous. Mm. So keeps us out of How trouble. much of this street rehabilitation is there? Like just a uh, constant thing? Well, every year they, I'm, I'd assume they do this in every city. They redo a couple streets, right? Like they're putting new eh, not water Oshawa. main in. No. That's Oshawa. They, they don't have a budget for repairing streets and infrastructure. Our infrastructure is pretty shitty here. Have you ever really? been here? No. So there was a stretch of, um, but there's a stretch between Wilson and Ritson Road of 
uh, some people call it Bailey Baseline. I don't know. It changes names a bunch of times. <laughs> it was considered the worst stretch of road in Canada for like four years. Really? Yeah. And someone yeah. fixed it? No, it's still shitty. They're just there's just there's just shittier road. <laughs> Where there's a shittier road, all there's of a sudden. Shittier roads than yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Just when the like- kids, when the kids were little and we went away, because everyone always asks you where you're from. Where are you from? Right. I mean, that's whenever you go to anywhere, yeah. people are like, "Where are yeah. you from?" We used to. I used to make the kids used to always say, "We're from the schwa." Schwa. The di- schwa. I heard the dirty schwa. The schwa. She's, she's dirty, but she's home. Everybody's got a home. There was a guy with a big sign on that, like on the side of his house, said the schwa. She's dirty, but she's home. That's all right. It was on a sign on the guy's house or in his window. I don't remember. Maybe it's still there. I went to university with a guy from Oshawa. And how was that? He was a character, that's for sure. Oh, um, you know, that's how we breed him. He's he sometimes messages me asking me to borrow twenty dollars. Like no word of a to, lie. He wants you to Vimo him twenty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like, ever send it to him? Absolutely not. No. You should. Just he once years and years ago he thought about becoming a landscaper and he was sending me pictures of little steps he'd been building and stuff like that. I'm like, great, Dave. And asking you for $20? Nah, those were separate occasions, but yeah. To tell him if you're starting a landscape company, you need a fuck ton more than $20. <laughs> fuck ton more than $20. I So I posted this, I don't know if you guys saw it, I posted this, this thing on Instagram and it says, uh, this is interesting. I found this interesting on the in- Instagram algorithm more than the just because people are saying like photographs are dead or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not video, no one cares. So I posted this thing that says looking for people who want to turn $100,000 into $10,000. This isn't a scam. We will be starting a landscaping company. <laughs> Thought it was funny, amusing. So it's been up for. I don't know. Not very long. Uh, maybe like three hours or something. I don't remember exactly <laughs> when I posted this, but not very long ago. Maybe three or four hours. It has 333 likes already. Wow. I like that one. Which yeah. crush, crushes like, so I'm beginning to think that maybe the algorithm is jumping back to photographs. Well, they said about like three or four months ago that they were coming back to photographs. That Instagram was going to push photographs more to get back to their roots. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So maybe that's what, because I mean, it is, I guess it's a photograph of a saying. I also on it, out of interest sake, went because they outlaunched all new filters. Eh? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. So I used a new filter. It's called the colorful filter. Mm. I felt like it was colorful, but not um, LGBTQ2745 colorful. Jesus so. Christ. <laughs> What? Nothing. What? I'm I'm so sick of that. Anyway. Yeah. So I just don't I it's nice though. It's a nice colorful post. So and yeah. I added music to my picture because that's that's what everyone when people look at my picture, they definitely want to hear music. <laughs> you can add music to notes now. So like you oh, know you do really? those those yeah, so uh, I can on this account. I don't know if I can on the other accounts. I still can't access notes. <laughs> Really? Yeah, Maybe it's still, on account of your there. phone being what an is, iPhone 6. What happened to that? <laughs> no, well, I can I can't access it on how to hardscape, but I can on I am a hardscaper. So if you're writing a note, mine comes up and it says Prepare um, for infinity and beyond. <laughs> well, no, because I don't know if you noticed, but Caleb posted a thing that said prepare for 24. So I posted a thing that said prepare for 25. And then he posted a thing that said, prepare for 26. And then I posted a thing that said, prepare for 27. And then he posted a thing that said, prepare for infinity. So then I said, I posted a thing that said, prepare for infinity and beyond. And I was wondering if anyone else on the planet saw that back and forth exchange between the two of us, or yeah. we were just purely doing it for our, our own personal amusement. And then maybe Caleb has some other shit going on and I was only doing it for my own personal amusement and he had <laughs> no idea what was going on. It's also a possibility. But it's just me laughing at the notes. Um, 
I like the notes because very few people use it. So you can almost respond to someone. Like if someone I responded to Chad before and you've responded back. Oh yeah. Um, that's why I like it because this is weird. Did someone see this? They even know what I'm talking. But yeah, if I put a note, I can add music to it. Except that when you add music to it, all it shows in the note is the title of the song and not the note. I'm like, well, why the fuck would anyone want that? They can't <laughs> read the note. All they're seeing is that I posted some song. It's stupid. I, it's, I feel like it's a bit overdone. Like, yeah. I don't think we need music on notes. Yeah. Pick your viral trending. That's the other thing that started driving me nuts. Um, it's like every single post I get now is, do you want to know how to go viral? Read my comments. You don't want to. So I started making those posts because it's just so stupid. I posted a bunch of stuff about how to go viral, but it was just all bullshit. It'd be cool if you could add uh, li- like the podcast listening to Not Your Finest Hour. Ooh, can you do that? No, I was no, just playing can't. around with well, it. You and, could, uh, well, you could. If, if you link it you, to Spotify. No, you could do it if you if you. So if you were to go to one of our podcast posts and then save the music, the sound, oh, save, yeah. and then go to your note. And then go to your saved music. You could put it into the note. Man, PK, you're a thinker. I've spent a lot of time fucking around on social media. Things <laughs> to accomplish some stupid inane thing that no one else ever notices but me. I've spent hours fucking with something to get it to come out the right way. And I'm like, I bet no one noticed. It's like people who cut fucking 45s on the corners of their patios. The only people that notice are other landscapers. No one else gives a fuck. No homeowner, like, like no one's buying a house. Say you've got a house for sale and you're selling it and you, you're saying my landscape is going to sell my house. Do you think that anyone's ever walked into a backyard and looked around to potentially purchase the property and been like, yeah, fuck this house. No one cut 45s on the corners of the patio. I'm out of here. Fuck this bitch. This is fucking crazy. Who would pots? I can't live here. I can't fucking have can't a party here. I can't bring a cooler out and drink some beers. There's no 45s on the fucking corners. No one wasted their time doing that. There's no fucking way I can live here. That has never happened. The only people that give a fuck about 45s on corners of patios are other landscapers. And it makes for a nice post on Instagram. And yeah. if you think if, if anyone cutting 45s on corners of patios thinks they're doing it for anyone but themselves, and the Instagram community, they're fucking delusional. <laughs> That's hey, I you guys disagree with that? No, I agree with you. Like and I don't if you want to do that, if you want to cut 45s for yourself and so that you can brag about doing it on Instagram, more power to you. But don't pretend that some homeowner gives a fuck about it. <laughs> uh some homeowners do. It I I would I want to see the email, the actual email from a homeowner that before you sign the contract has sent you back an email that says, if you don't 45 the corners, I'm not signing this contract. <laughs> I don't think it ever would come up before. I think it would, it would never always fucking, come up after. If you if it doesn't even if you just did a patio and did natural corners, no homeowner is gonna come to you and be like, hey. These aren't 45 unless some other person on the Instagram that they were following was like, Hey, yo, that guy did 45s on the corners and you didn't bitch. You're no good. How can I brag about you on Instagram? You got to do it now. I don't care if people do do it, but stop pretending that it's some ultra important fucking shit. It's not. No one cares, but you and me, I guess, because I just got brought it up and yelled about it for 15 minutes. So I obviously care about it too. Where does it end though, right? Like, so you don't 45 the corners, but is that the same guy? Like, I don't, just 40, you don't I've, never 40, I've never 45 the corner in my fucking life. I still think I'm a good quality of work. Never? But okay. Where's, fair, fair. Where do you draw the line, right? Because if you're not 45 in corners, are you also not uh, mitering around a circle or something? Like, are you putting wedges in? Like, where's the defining line between a good landscaper and a shit landscaper? Because I think a bunch that of the old school I, I guys in so. my city would put wedges everywhere. 
Like a big soldier so, course, but they'd stick fucking wedges in there. You, so what define to me defines a good landscaper from a bad landscaper is are your clients happy? Who gives a shit if other landscapers are happy? Like mm. if some client puts a bunch of wedges in a circle, if you if you I I don't personally do this, but and I'm not defending the behavior, but if if a if you go and work for a client and you cut a bunch of wedges and they pay you and they're ecstatic with the product and think it's amazing. I think that makes you good Lance. Like you're being so, running a run being successful and paying your bills, paying your bills and having keeping your clients happy and having your clients really happy. Those are the things to me that make you a good like I don't know. I mean, you can I what if you don't pay your it, so do you think you're a good landscaper if you miter your circles but you don't pay your bills and all your clients hate you? Do you think you're a good landscaper then? You might be a good landscaper but not a good business owner. Fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but if you're not a good lands if you're not a good business owner, are you a good landscaper? If you own the if you don't own the business, if you're just a worker at the business and you miter all the circles, but everyone hates you, you could say you're still a good landscaper. Yeah. But if you're the owner of the business, I, I guess I get I guess I guess you have to define you're right. That's a really good point. Like I you're do you if you're saying you're a good landscape, are you talking about a good landscape business? Because I made it about the business, not about the individual. Mm. Which maybe I yeah. I was wrong. And I've struggled with that recently, right? Am I a business owner or am I a landscaper? And I try and straddle a foot in both worlds. And so maybe you're so shitty far at both. Maybe I'm shitty at both. <laughs> I'm just right? joking. I'm just I, 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 I can completely understand that. Like, I know I'm not the absolute best business owner. I'm a pretty darn good landscaper if I put my head, head down and do it. Right. But the, the divide gets wider and wider as we grow as a company, and I can't do both. I feel that so, pressure. Same as you. Like, yeah. Um, it's am I a truck driver? Am I a landscaper? Am I a machine operator? Am I the owner of the business? And when is the business yeah. big enough that I'm just the owner of the business? And will the business? I feel like we're at a point where if I don't stop being a truck driver and a machine operator and a landscaper at least 80% of the time and don't be the business owner, the business and the people who work at it are going to suffer. Mm -hmm. I would say then, last year I was 10% business owner, 90% truck driver, machine operator, landscaper. Not this season, the season before. Yeah, what do you think this season? Uh, we weren't as busy this year, but probably 70 30 but i think it needs to be 80 20 the other way mm. for the next season i have a problem we've like natural design has a fairly high-end client base whenever we do residential stuff right um and i've been asked to do this big job next year for a client awesome guy um but I know full well that I can't devote 100% of my attention to this job, and this job requires 100% of my attention to be to be done correctly, right? But I also have all this other shit going on. What's the course of action? But don't want to lose the job, right? But I have to be there at least daily for an hour or two hours or something to make sure that ship runs smoothly. So we still have all this residential weight on our shoulders and I'm no longer the residential guy, but I don't want to lose it. Right. Cause say the economy shits the bed. I still need to, to tap that revenue stream. So you, you can my solution no. to the problem. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> why I asked you guys, uh, my solution to the problem is, and we're 
in the current situation with that now, we have two big planting jobs going on and they both need to go smoothly. And so I have a, a subcontractor that works with us who's owns his business and is very good at running his business. And so he needed a couple weeks work. So he came in and um, he's done some of our really high end work in the past where I brought him in and his team. And that allows me to, like, I went there this morning, I set him up, I showed, I showed him the ropes. We did a walk around with the client. We talked about everything. He knows he can call me. I picked up a post pounder and a scale ruler for him. I have um, one of our team members is on site working with him. Um, and that team member for us is a, a great, a good landscaper and a good guy, but he's not in a place to manage and run the job. And that's okay. That doesn't make him a bad person. He's just not the person for that job. Yeah. And our, our other, our foreman is running a job in, um, in Peterborough. So he can't be there and I can't, I'm making every valid attempt to not be places full time and to spend more time running the company. So I just, you know, he's an expert and he's really good and he's a highly qual. So we just, I brought him and his team in, you know, if you have that big job that you want to do and you know, someone that does high end residential, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing him in and or her in whoever it is. I'm not managing the project. Especially next year. If things slow down, there's definitely going to be people that are still good landscapers that might be looking for work too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just, I'd say there's a handful, maybe 10 good landscapers. And I don't know if I can trust any of them to do. Well, I know what, the ones that I would trust are busy, right? There's a reason. But are they busy? Yeah. I mean, a, lot of people will, a lot of people will look for discrete, like, so the, guy we're working with is busy he's good at sales he's he does amazing like amazing work but sometimes for a few weeks he likes to have a break and he just comes yeah. and works and we handle That's, all the management and yeah. we manage all the money and you know it's how you sell it to that person like if there might be a guy in your, a, a company in your area that's maybe three four people deep and the owner is selling and managing and you did it and you know how hard it is. And maybe for a nice little five or six week job in the spring, they would like to be able to concentrate on sales later in the season and come in and do your work where they don't have to worry about ordering the material or dealing with it. They just need to come in work and then focus on the things that are, they need to do. Yeah. Maybe that's a way to sell it. Yeah. I guess uh, we'll see how things fall on this one. Um, We're done fairly certain we're doing it regardless so we just find a way to do it as always like, i don't know how we pull things out of our ass like that but it happens so we'll just i think they can you know you see shit tons of people posting no subcontractors we do it all or like and the people have like a bad taste about subcontractors or something. I I don't know. I don't have that same feeling about it. I think a lot of people just try to get anybody as a subcontractor as opposed to like in your case, having a network of people that you can rely on. I think people see it more so as like an easy money making opportunity and then just try to get anybody. And that leaves a bad kind of like a client looking for any landscaper to get their job done. And then it's a bad taste in their mouth as hiring landscapers. Yeah, I couldn't just pick a name out of a phone book and sub them on one yeah. of my jobs. No, I wouldn't do that either. That's not, yeah, I'm not in any way saying that's a good idea. But I think that managed properly and having the right people, you can have very productive relationships both ways. Yeah. 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 Um, I agree. I, I don't know if you guys saw, I have a 20-ton shovel at my yard. Yeah, right Hitachi. Now. Nice. That's it's actually it's a, it's a John Deere shovel, right? Because Hitachi and John Deere had a partnership where they 
made yeah. big shovels together for the longest time. Um, do you think I can I, find well, work for that shovel? Don't you think it qualifies as a high hoe? A high hoe. Is it? It's high enough? It's almost the height of my shop, so. Maybe it's a high hoe. It's a high hoe. Um, <laughs> it's not whether or not you can, can you find enough work to pay for it? Well, that's it. Like, I don't know if I can, but I love this thing. Like, I'm smitten by this shovel. And I don't I, even, like, it's a Hitachi. There's no reason for me to be in love with this thing, but it's a very nice I machine think Hitachi, for, I, for what I, it is. I worked for a company that had a lot of Hitachis, and I thought they were really good machines. Dude, that, this like, is a, it's got a back in the day. pin grabber, the whole thing. Keyless entry, no, yeah, yeah, you need a code for it. Um, it's four thousand hours in, and it's solid as a rock. No, no play in it at all. Like, it's a nice shovel. But I wonder what a landscaper does with a twenty-ton shovel. Yeah, but are you a landscaper anymore? Am I? Am I, am I, I having know. this existential crisis? Maybe. <laughs> I've been having it for a year. <laughs> I I, like, I can't even I, float the thing around. Yeah, but you can hire a float service. Yeah, yeah. I, know. But... I mean, I don't. I don't think having your own ability to. The only way you're floating that is on a. Well, uh, well, it would go on our thirty ton float. So I guess if you wanted to, you could put it on a deck over float. But it makes it. You're really scraping the bridges. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with a twenty ton on our thirty ton float. Well, legally, yeah. We could do it, but it makes me feel ill, so we don't. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But I I don't think I think there's a lot of companies that have big big high hoes and they um they don't have a float, a float tractor. Yeah. They just have a float that's why like float tractor services exist. I don't think that well, should yeah, be you you bill it out, right? Like how many jobs would how many jobs would you have used it on this year? Two, one, two, maybe. And how how long were those jobs? Because that's the more important <sighs> thing. A week, maybe. So two weeks a year. So this year, if you had had it, you would have used it for two weeks. Yeah. How much of the work at your own yard would you have done with it, as opposed to hiring a lot? Guys? Like at at my own yard, as opposed to hiring guys. Well, you hired, you just hired those guys to do the land clearing or land moving or yeah for twenty thousand dollars. Like it wouldn't. Okay, well that probably would have made the payments on it for most of the year. Uh, yeah, I don't want to finance this thing. I want to pay it out if I if I get it. Well, I'm just saying, but even but if yeah. you don't, even if you don't finance it, you still need to regroup the money yeah. monthly. Yeah. Right, Mike. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I'm we're sorry. We're talking about knowing your numbers. <laughs> Were you? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, even if you pay, even if you buy it outright, at some point you have to replace it. Correct. So you need to recoup. You need to think about at least recouping the money monthly, even if you own it outright. Yeah. Yes. So, how much is it? One hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars. So a payment on one hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars is probably around three grand a month. Yeah, it's the same price as my eight-ton shovel. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a really good price for that excavator, personally. Yeah, it is. Personally. Like I, I think that's a really fair price. I I'm think like, that's yeah. a, I'd have a tough time letting that leave my yard, too, for that money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's the worst-case scenario with that excavator is that you're going to have to take $3,000 a month worth of money from other places to pay for it. Correct. There's, I can tell you right now, there is way fucking worse ways to waste $3,000 a month than paying <laughs> off a machine that when you're done paying for it will still be worth 130 grand. Yeah. You're like making it, it was, real easy for me to buy this. I, I, well, because I think, it, I, I think it's smart. Yeah. I don't think there's a problem. I think it's a smart buy. That's why I'm, I'm just, in my mind, you need, you had two jobs this year for it where it would have worked. Right. Yeah. What were the value of those jobs? Um, say hundred grand between the pair. Between between the two of them, the pair, yeah. so fifty thousand a job. 
Yeah. How do you think you would have got it done faster with that excavator? Oh, that bucket is a seventy-two inch bucket. That's a yeah. She's a working bucket. There's uh, so you had two jobs you could have used it at this year. You invested twenty thousand dollars in your yard that you probably could have done the work yourself. Yeah. Even if you buy this and you find out two years from now that you didn't use it very much, you can probably still sell it for one hundred forty-five thousand bucks. Because it'll still be a great excavator with only 4,000 hours on it. Yeah. If you don't use it. And it, so here's the, the, the rub of it really is it has 4,000 hours on it. It's worth 158 grand, which I think is super fair for it, in my personal opinion. Yeah. If, if you don't use it for the next 24 months and you find out that you don't need a 20 ton shovel slash high hose slash excavator that you the worst case scenario is you can probably it still has four thousand hours on it it's two years older it's probably still worth 150 grand yeah so really your debate is to me can i find eight thousand dollars worth of work for this excavator for the next two years because that's all you're really going (laughs) to lose on it the truth is you'll absolutely find eight thousand dollars worth of work for it well I like to justify things to myself, right? As I think we all do whenever we buy things, Absolutely. right? Like totally we find it. ways to justify our purchases yeah. because we want these fun, cool, new, shiny things that look awesome. And I'm like, well, I got a quarter million dollars of topsoil here, but I have no way to put through the screener. And like yes. if I buy this shovel, that's the perfect thing to load a screener. It is. Are you buying a right? screener? <laughs> then I'm in it for another hundred grand, right? And you can then, get a screener for a hundred grand. So then you can sell it afterwards. A minimum a hundred grand. Yeah, but then yeah, you can well, sell but it. Here's, so right. yeah, but you don't if you don't if you have a place that's a legal topsoil topsoil processing facility and you're processing topsoil, you, it's not just about the soil you have there now. It's about finding people that are doing topsoil jobs and bring more topsoil to your yard so that you can charge them to dump the topsoil at your yard. Then you can screen it and sell it back to other people. Yeah. But none of that happens without that equipment. None of that happens without that equipment. Do you want yeah. it? Well, you already have two tandems too, which is great for soil delivery. Yeah. Because a lot yeah. of soil delivery is between five and 12 yards for homeowners if you want it like i accidentally sold topsoil once out of town i had it on my truck and i stopped to do an estimate at a job out of the town while i was driving the tandem and the neighbor came up and banged on my door it's like can you sell me that topsoil i said sure i can sell you this topsoil <laughs> sure, i'm gonna deliver Absolutely. it down the road but yeah i can sell it to you we worked out a deal and i dumped it in the backyard Nice. He went inside and grabbed money. See, you're already a topsoil company. Already a topsoil company. Is this the next business idea? Uh, topsoil in my city is very cost-effective, so I don't oh. know. But if anything, we can use it on our jobs at least. On uh, Alibaba, you top- can find screeners. How much did you? <laughs> How much did you spend on topsoil this year? I want to say hundred grand, at least. So if you processed it yourself, you could probably take twenty grand out of that and put it towards your excavator. Yeah, at least. Well, consider it. Well, topsoil delivered is eighteen dollars a yard. Topsoil, our own topsoil is zero dollars a yard. Well, I don't know what the math is to uh, put it through the screener and into the truck and deliver it, but. That that I couldn't tell you, but in the truck, you could charge out the truck at your truck's hourly rate and figure out what the delivered cost is per yard, right? Yeah. So yeah. But I again I think when you're doing all of that, you're paying for your own equipment. So as long as you're covering like you're paying yourself, which to me is always better. Better than paying someone else. Yeah. For sure. Why is for that sure. excavator at your yard? Because I'm borrowing it to dig my foundation for my house this week. Ooh. 
So we put in a driveway the last two days. Um, I didn't know that the driveway was 165 feet long and it's also raised three feet from the road. So all of my scrap brick that I was going to sell, dismantle and sell is buried at the bottom of my driveway now. <laughs> it's like 10 to 15 tandem loads of stone and concrete cuts, brick cuts, old steps, shit like that. It's just one hard road of landscape fill material. So I have a, I have a question for you building a road. Yeah. So right now I have access to a product and it's called slag and it's an offshoot in the production of steel. And then they break it down. It's something this, it goes molten. They make steel. They end up with this after product from the steel. Then they crush, put it through a crusher and it comes out either. They call it one inch minus, which is basically three quarter clear, or they have an HPB size or they have a Gabian stone size of it. Does it rust? So it doesn't. It's because steel is made essentially from rock, right? It comes, it's something to do with iron ore. And so it's, it's tested. It's clean. It has all the environmental testing done. The person who brought it forward was an environmental person. Uh, And it is to buy it is a third of the cost of buying clear stone it has the same compression like the only thing it's not certified to use in is for foundations for like deep deep foundations for like apartment buildings you can't put it down and form on it because it's but we took it out and we hit it with a hammer then we hit three quarter clear with a hammer to see what the resistance is in terms of it breaking down um so it has all the testing with it it's a third of the cost. It's been tested and it's clean of any contaminants. If there's no contaminants, no contamination in it. Um, would you buy it for your driveway? Yeah, give it a shot. I'd rather use it on my driveway than someone else's driveway. So right to that theory was I had Darian go down and get a load of it today to bring to our yard. Yeah, I wanted to spread it around and see what the fuck happened. See what it does, like see what it does. Yeah, imagine the shit storm if you put it on someone's job and it reacts terribly. It turns the fucking road rust red or whatever. Like it comes up under the pavers and everything's fucking orange or something like that. I'd rather that happen to me than happen to any one of my jobs. Yeah. So I, I. And people are using it, so I don't. Other people, anyways, I just I have access to it. I think of it in a. I think of it in a. Like an open air application, it's black too. It comes out of black color, hmm. so for me, when I, like, it's illegal to bury asphalt in the ground, but it's not illegal to spread regrind asphalt in a parking lot because it's exposed to the air. That's the difference between the two. In case anyone was ever wondering why the fuck can you grind up asphalt and spread it all over the place, but you can't legally bury it. Hmm. That's the difference is the open air. So I thought of it as more of an open air application, but it also is approved as a gravel application, but it's anyways, we have a pile of it at our yard to see what happens to it or like, Look at it, or I'm going to spread it around with a skinsuit tomorrow. Well, I just, I mean, someone brings you a sample bag of it, they're bringing the best of the best. Yeah. No one wanders around with a sample bag of shit gravel and says, I'm trying to sell this motherfucking shit. No, that's why those those little pucks of sand harden up whenever they give it to you. They give you the best of the best. They give you that with a whole bag. Well, there you go. Prime <laughs> fucking example. I'm glad you worked some Balmeric sand shot into this. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode gets one. Uh, I, for me, when it 
it was offered for me to try and sell this product. Um, I saw it as a an open air parking lot sort of application where someone could say, like, say you're building your road. Like, I don't know how much you've spent on gravel, but if you could spend one third of that on gravel, would you prefer that? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and apparently it packs up, it packs up. And the only difference between the sample bag that I can see and what Darian brought is that it's got a lot more fines in it than it did in the sample bag. Mm. So that leads me to believe that maybe it's not going through the same process. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but also I, you know, I, don't think I'd start building permeable parking lots on it. <laughs> like in the moment, maybe it, maybe where Darian got it from in the pile wasn't like I. There's, I'm trying to move sixty thousand tons of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, th- it'll get used. Everything cheap gets used. Yeah. Well, I also think that it came with testing and everything. It yeah. didn't. It's not like someone's just putting it out in the black market. It's legit legit tested and ready to go so yeah i give it a go i, don't know. I called around go. i said does anybody have anything hard that i can use as a base and he's like oh i got a, i got a little bit he's like oh if you bring your loader you can load it i'm like fuck i can't drive my loader across town for one load of material what is it so, just brick cuts and all this shit all brick cuts yeah. Like, yeah so we cleaned up our yard a fair bit then we realize we're it? still going to be way low for the front yard and all this stuff. So good thing I can get some fill. I'm going to end up digging up the dump at the back of the property and spreading it across the front lawn and then putting some nice tops all over it. Well, what are you doing with the excavation from the basement? That's going to backfill the house, which is half buried, but not fully buried for the foundation. So we're going to be short material. Well, it's convenient that you haul material. Yeah. It's, there's no better outcome for this than having me do it myself. If you're going to mostly use this equipment around your yard, I'm just putting this out here now that you're on this streak of, because I like to think of things in many different ways. If you're mostly going to use this equipment around your yard, would you be better to buy an older 20 ton shovel and an older dozer together or one 20 ton shovel that's newer I have an affinity for shiny things or newer things Um, I thought about buying an old dozer and stuff like that but the second things don't work I get really fucking mad and at a 30-year-old dozer, I'm just inviting problems. Well, I, I don't think. think you need to buy a 30-year-old dozer. No. But a 20-year-old dozer and a 20-year-old shovel, inheriting someone's 20-year-old problems, um, I just, I'd rather have one shovel and it take a little longer because I can still flatten things with the, skid steers and all that stuff oh, right? absolutely, like, or yeah. rent a dozer yeah. but like you say the value of a 20 year old dozer I don't know like right now machines still aren't at their rock bottom right I don't think at least I think they're getting pretty close I think they're getting close but uh well even the trucks now they're starting to sell them for way less than MSRP well that's that's due I mean Things were way high in the air. Like I saw a hook lift yesterday for three hundred and eighty thousand. A tandem hook lift for three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Said, "Who's going to buy this?" No one. Like that's insane. Like three hundred and eighty thousand. Three hundred eighty thousand dollars for a tandem hook lift. Yeah. I'm just like you can't make money with that. You can't. You no. can't. Right You'll off the lot. Like you'll never make money with it. What yeah. kind of truck was it? Pete. I'm gonna see if I can find it. What model? Tandem. T eight hundred? Is that what they are? 
Uh, that's a that's a Kenworth. Kenworth? Wow. That's a T eight hundred Kenworth. Yeah. Like even a Pete, like holy fuck, like, it'd have to be like three eighty five for a tandem. Or, they, maybe that's they what they will now. Single axle hook lift, two hundred and forty four thousand dollars. Like, are you insane? For a single axle, two hundred and forty four thousand dollars. That seems just, a lot. Like a lot. I don't. Yeah. That seems like a lot to me. It seems like a lot to me. And I've overpaid for things before. So, I would at three eighty five. You'd have to hook a lot of bins. Yeah. Well, yeah. even if you paid cash for it, so there was no interest. Let's say wow. the average, the average fucking bin price is, you know. Um, let's average out a bin price at five hundred bucks. You're flipping a lot of bins. Uh, so three hundred eighty-five thousand divided by five hundred. Seven hundred and seventy bins. Doesn't seem right. Times. Yeah, it's three hundred eighty-five thousand. Maybe it's not that many bins. Seven hundred and seventy bins. Well, I don't. We we didn't do that. We maybe did. I bet we did three hundred seventy-five bins this year. Maybe, maybe four hundred. Wow, four hundred bins. That's a chunk of bins. The year before but... we did the year before. Well, the year before that, I think we did four hundred and forty bins. Hmm. More, but we did less this year. Maybe you give, I think you should give out prizes every hundredth bin or something. Get to. No, I got to keep track of it. I'm sure yeah. keeping track of stuff. Well, you don't have to actually be like number hundred. You can just pretend. Oh, you're number hundred this year <laughs> in the PK promotional <laughs> bin. PK promo thing. You're saying yeah. that some stuff on my account might not be legitimate <laughs> or honest. Come on, man. You could have like, like a stamp uh, card. Every hundredth bin is a free one with your clients. I think having a stamp card is it could be a legitimate thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that that could be a legitimate. I think that there's people who would look at that and say, yeah, we definitely, uh, we definitely, um, people would probably check it or whatever. I think. Yeah, absolutely. They would punch their cards. They would like it. Would you make them carry around a card and have your drivers punch it? Yeah. And if they lose the card, they had to start from fresh. There's no fucking. You got to work to get your free bin. <laughs> Every tenth bin is free, baby. Every tenth bin is free. Nice. I like that. I used to do that with Subway back when high school. They would have like an eight, oh, yeah. eight uh, circles to get punched. Wendy's used to do that in my city. Oh. But then somebody who worked there stole the stickers. And started giving them out. <laughs> so they changed it from a sticker on the car to a, a punch, like a W oh, punch. Yeah. And only the one specific lady had the punch and she had it on her belt there. And she was also the frosty lady. She'd go around and give a little sample frosty. size of frosties. Yeah. Who doesn't want a sample size of frosty? Why'd they right. shut that shit down? I don't know. That was great. You should give out sample size of frosties with every bin. So she during the summer. If we could do like a Gatorade. Have a frosty machine in your passenger seat. Wow. <laughs> when times are slow, you just pass off as a an ice cream truck and right. ding your bell there. Oh, <laughs> We're gonna multi well, if you're paying three hundred and eighty five thousand for the truck, you probably do need to sell <laughs> ice cream as well as fucking do bins. Yeah, yeah. You need other revenue streams. Um I uh Got into it with my lawyer's office yesterday. Ooh. Yeah. So um, you guys know how I have the CRA audit? Yeah. Yes. It comes to fruition on Thursday, and um, the guy is coming down, and he specifically wants to see the minute book. Now, if you're incorporated, you have to have this thing called a minute book. Yeah. Um, and every year, the accountant somehow gets a hold of the lawyer. And 
they validate how much you took in dividends or some, they do some accounting thing in co in coalition with the lawyer to make you legit. Anyway, I've been trying to get this book for the better part of two months. And um, I called the accountant or the lawyer yesterday. And I said, listen, where's my book? She's like, oh, well, the lawyer's very busy. I'll leave another message for him to get to it. I said, I have this audit on Thursday. They're expecting to see this book. If you can't provide the book, I'll have no choice but to tell them that my lawyer will not give me this minute book. And she goes, okay, I'll make a note of it. I'll tell them that's what you said. Then great, let me know. She called me back half an hour later and she goes, okay, we found your book. Um, the lawyer is very busy. He doesn't have time to stop everything he's doing uh, just to get your book. And I'm like, well, you've had two months now. She said, you only called me in October. I said, regardless, it's end of November now. Like, all I need is my book. And she goes, well, you threatened us and you're going to have to sign something that says you're taking the book because we don't want it to fall back on us you threatened us and I'm like, what do you mean? How did I threaten you? Like by telling you that I was going to tell the CRA that you wouldn't give me my book. It was the truth. Right. And the lady went, went off on me some more. The lawyer's so busy. He doesn't have time for this. He said, listen, I run a multi-million dollar business too. Like I know things take time, but like you don't have to be a complete bitch about it. And then I hung up on her, went to pick up my book she wouldn't even look me in the eye. So thank you very much. But the best part about the the best part about the whole story, I was working in the mud at the yard yesterday. It rained. I got out of the truck before going into the lawyer's office, and I kicked the mud off my boots on the curb. I took one step. I stepped in dog shit. Like oh great! Instead of wiping the dog shit off. I walked into the office, wiped my boots on the mat, picked up my minutes book, and laughed. So are you taking the minutes book back to them? No, not a chance. No, I'm done with these lawyers. And the lawyer was a really nice guy. He was a client of ours. Like he was an all around nice guy. At this, I just don't know. Like I don't know. Five years later, he's was there too something? Busy for was there something, something fishy with the book? No, it's never been touched. Like it's brand new, incorporated from 2018 or whatever, right? Like, I thought he was supposed to write in it every year. Yeah, they were. They never did. Between them and the account, they never did. So, anyway, wow. what do you do? So maybe that's why he didn't want to give you the book. Well, has he charged you for writing in the book? No, I never got an invoice from them. So okay. So, well, at least he's not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Like totally jobbing you, like one hundred percent fucking you. Yeah, no, not that I know of. Maybe there's an invoice that I paid somewhere along the lines, but I don't think so. I. So when we were away, one of the liens that we have uh, called the well, the, the general contractor called me directly to make a, a, another. They made an offer that was totally ridiculous and then they called me to make a slightly less ridiculous offer and so i said to the guy um i would rather go to court and lose and get nothing and it cost me 10 grand than accept your offer because i can live with going to court and losing and being in the wrong, I guess being in the wrong, but I can't live with accepting your offer because I would, I would, I'd rather go and lose than take the pitiless, a tiny ridiculous amount of money and then have you act like it's because it's all these huge. One of them is this art gallery that we're dealing with who obviously is owned by the city and has an endless source of money. And the other person is this big general contractor. 
so I guess they assume that like I am broke and desperate. And so they're just coming at me with ridiculous offer after ridiculous offer. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm in the right on this. So let's just go to court. Fuck you. But that was that consumed. So they called me on Friday night before we went away. But on the Friday night when the guy called me, I was embroiled in this thing because neither Kelly nor myself, and this is my fault, not Kelly's, had realized my passport was expiring in January. <laughs> to which they're not super happy with you traveling. So then I was talking to Chris and he found a thing on the Dominican website. And between the months of June 23rd and November 30th, the tw 2023, there was an exception that you could travel to the Dominican as long as your passport was valid for the length of your trip. Wow. Wow. How what? bizarre is that exception? Yeah, that's like, what's I, that do, you, do you think they just update that every six months? I don't know. I screenshotted it and took it because I was like, man, if these fuckers don't let me on, I'm gonna show them this. <laughs> that's right. already... this off the internet somewhere. <laughs> this you is have to the internet. In. <laughs> it has to be true. This is from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so it's already like Holy fuck, they're not going to let me go on this trip. <laughs> Everyone's going to be so pissed at me. I'm, it's going to be, I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then this idiot called me to offer like a third of what we're fucking owed and wanted me to act really happy and excited about it and then seemed disappointed. But I was like, yeah, fuck you. I'll just take you to court. I'd rather lose 10 grand in lawyer's fees and get nothing than accept that from you. Then he proceeded to tell me how lucky I was. And I said, again, I'm not interested in this. Then I texted him and said, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> and then he called me on Monday when I was on vacation. And I was like, I'm still not interested in this. He's like, well, you need to be at the art gallery by 5 p.m. tonight to accept this offer. I said, I'm in the fucking Dominican Republic. And for the <laughs> 15th time, I'm not accepting this bullshit. So fuck off. Stop calling me. I'll see you in court. And then he's like, you have to understand that our council is advising the the art gallery and our council both advise you to take the offer. I said, well, obviously, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Obviously, they and then I said to him, are you using general counsel? And he said, yeah, we're using our general counsel who probably works for them because they're so big. I said, OK, I said, is the art gallery using general counsel? He said, yeah, they're using general counsel. I said, well, I'm using a fucking construction lawyer who told me that you're going to pay me all the money plus my lawyer fees if we go to court. And I fucking <laughs> think that guy might know more than your fucking general counsel. Because that's all this guy does every day, all day is construction yeah. shit. He doesn't do anything else but that. This is what he deals with on a daily basis. So take your general counsel who's also trying to get some drunk driver off charges and shove it up your fucking ass. <laughs> general uh, counsel, it's someone who has a general knowledge of everything. I'm using a specific person that's specifically just for this process. I wouldn't call this guy. I wouldn't be calling our construction lean act lawyer if I got pulled over by the cops for speeding or drunk driving or I was robbing a house and got picked up. Like, I would, I would call a criminal attorney. I wouldn't call general counsel, you fucking moron. Like they're, you've they're, been they're, advised. They're, 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 hey, bro, our general counsel is advising you this is the best deal you'll ever get. You should take it. I literally said, don't you think that seems kind of advantageous to you people? <laughs> the guy was like, no. Like, you're a fucking idiot. Stop calling me, please. Like, fuck off. Yeah. And I called my lawyer and my lawyer was like, yeah, this guy's a fucking idiot. I was like, okay, great. Perfect. Yeah. And call him back and say, my lawyer advises you pay me in full. <laughs> my lawyer thinks your lawyer, your general counsel is wrong. <laughs> Let them focus on your fucking HR problems, idiot. <laughs> that happened when I was on vacation. I sort of forgot about that. Because I was uh, dealing with the wall it, issue there and the wave, <laughs> the washout, and it was such a big problem, it fucking absorbed me. 
Do you feel like problems are bigger on vacation or smaller or just further away? Oh, I knew I wasn't making it to the settlement hearing at five. <laughs> like, 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 dude. So you, your expectation is I'm going to run to the airport, use my almost fucking expired passport, jump on a plane, fly back, emergency flight, get there and sign a deal for less than a third of what you fucking owe me. Yeah, that's happening, bro. If they were going to pay me in full, I would have jumped on the plane and flown fucking home. And then yeah. got back on a plane and flown back for the fucking wedding. But I ain't doing it for a third. Fuck off. I don't know. I, but I was advised to by his lawyer. His general counsel lawyer. When do you think when do you think it's appropriate to take the advice of your opposition's lawyer seriously? <laughs> like I couldn't think of one situation. Like, yeah. Like, listen, yeah. man, I got a big game of cribbage going on here. I don't by poolside. I don't got time for your shit. 15-2, 15-4, the rest don't score, bitch. <laughs> do you play cribbage? I was on, I haven't played it in years, but we were playing it on the me and the kids and um uh, Kelly's dad were all playing. It was okay. fun. I had a good time with it. Why do you play? No, I, I always thought it was an old person game. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 50. I was sitting around with Nate and he was playing cribbage, drinking Tom Collins. Tom like, Collins. Dude, like, dude, you're like fucking acting like you're 70 years old here, man. What the fuck? Give me a Tom <laughs> Collins. I'm going to play some fucking some cribbage. It's a great game. It's a thinking man's game. So it's not for me. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> uh, Had a big game of cribbage going on. Did anyone ask any questions, Mike? 